According to RP on WJFS Media, powered by Black Ivy Media, it's your girl Rita Pierre, your host. And as always, I hope you guys are striving, thriving, and surviving in these streets. So happy April, everyone. Happy new month. Happy second quarter. We are now in Q2. The year is literally flying. And I know when I say that Christmas is around the corner... You guys look at me like I'm bugging, but we are already in April and we are literally in the second quarter. But either way, (laughs) I hope you guys had an amazing weekend. I know for those of us in the Northeast, the weather is still a little bit temperamental, but I think Saturday was amazing. And so hopefully you guys took some time out of your busy schedules to enjoy the weather on Saturday. Um, Before I go any further, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our Black Ivy Media sponsors, Trendy Tripping and Air Wellness. Thank you so much for your sponsorship and for your um, just, I don't know, overall support of Black Ivy Media. You know, this is the year that we plan to take things to the next, 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 next level. We're always trying to get to the next level, but this year we are really trying to get to the next level. And so with the sponsorships and with the support of our community, we will definitely get there. If you are interested and you're tuning in, you're like, ooh, I want to be a sponsor too. If you want to be a sponsor of Black Ivy Media, just slide up in the DM at Black Ivy Media on Instagram. You could even slide up in the according to our p at gmail.com um you know email box the info at black ivy media email box the according to rp on instagram dm (laughs) there are many ways that you can you know make your intentions known so if you are feeling the spirit please 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 get in contact with us and see how you can support our brand now moving along Today, we have an amazing show. We are not going to have our preliminaries today. I know you guys are like, oh man, like no Haitian Creole word or phrase of the week. We are not going to do that. Why? Because the meat of the show is extensive. We have an amazing guest by the name of Rodney Pepe Souvenir, who's joining me to discuss some of the happenings, you know, in in the news. So the confirmation hearings of Katanji, Brown Jackson. We're going to talk about that a little more in depth, right? Really talking about the plight of black women. I think I alluded to this last week. And we're going to share a little bit of an opinion on the slap that was heard around the world. Apparently, everybody is talking about this slap. I was in church yesterday and the sermon um, started off with the slap heard around the world. So apparently, I can't escape it. And I figure. How am I in the media? And I have no commentary for this. So we are going to talk about it to an extent. So um, definitely keep it locked, guys. And so with that being said, let's head on to the meat of the show.
All right, everyone. I'm here with my very special guest, Rodney Pepe Souvenir. Rodney, please say hello. Hi, how are you? Oh, wow. The sultry voice. <laughs> yes, it's after nine. It's, it's the after nine. Voice. It's the after hours. This is uh, a, after hours. Voice. According to RP after dark. No. <laughs> hello. There you go. There you go. You got it right. <laughs> I might be onto something here. I might be onto something. <laughs> you might be. You might be. It's a whole other thing. It's a whole other industry that I haven't tapped into. It is, but it's an actual industry. And it's funny because sometimes when I talk on the phone, they think that that's what it is. Wow. Like I'm fixed. And I'm like, no. Mm, no, we're not about that <laughs> I'm life. I'm not. No, I'm a woman of God. <laughs> I'm not about that life. No, not yet anyway. <laughs> Listen, I mean, the way this inflation is going, I mean, I might have to be about that life. I don't know. <laughs> It's going to be our secret. Listen, listen, me, uh, us, the, Rita. us in the uh, audience, right? <laughs> Hello. That's right. It's going to be our secret. Nobody will know. Oh, man. So, Rodney, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? Well, I am um, by profession. I am an attorney um, by by naturalization. I'm, I'm American, but really Haitian because my parents are of Haitian um, uh, heritage and so I'm of Haitian descent. I'm a first generationer. Um, uh, I work for the City University of New York, um, but one of my favorite pastimes is relationship coaching and just talking Ooh. about love in general um, and helping people make it through. And as you know, we've been having conversation for years and years and years about so many different things. And so this is a wonderful opportunity for us to just chit chat. Yes, definitely. Ourselves. You know, I totally forgot about the relationship aspect. I remember when you were, when you got into that and I was like, wait, the, the state of my love life right now, I think I need to get a session with uh, coach Rodney. <laughs> Because girl, I love, I love, love. I, I believe in it. I think it does exist. I just think that we have to think um, we've, we've, we've been so customized by the commercial version of love and relationships. And now I think it's even more difficult because we've had this pandemic two years of being isolated and being yep. away and now coming out of it. I think relationships have totally morphed into something else. Oh yeah. Many of us who was living through the social medias and kind of putting a persona out there and now going back to meeting people live where people are thinking, are you still that person that was on mm-hmm. TikTok or Instagram or whatever? And you're not, it's, it's just very, I think it's just very complicated right now. And we just right. have to think of differently when it comes to relationships. I certainly yeah. think that. I mean, the struggle was real before. <laughs> and the struggle. Ooh, the la struggle. Lucha, la lucha. Is, I mean. la lucha. <laughs> you have hit it on the head. La lucha. Oh. Real. <laughs> oh, my God. You know. It's a real thing, though. I mean, yeah. I think it's a real thing because I think not only, you know, do we feel the, the loneliness and, and the emptiness of not having another person, but it's now reformulating how to even socialize in that setting mm-hmm. without jumping on the first thing that you see that, right. that discernment is, is really, is, is kind of off, off kilter. Right. Because, 
away so long from that socialization aspect. You know, you hear them talk about it with children. Oh my God, they need to socialize. They haven't been able to. Teenagers, oh my God, they're in high school. They're going through all this stuff. Nobody's talking about the adults. Right. Nobody's talking about the adults. And, and we have to think about the adults as well. Right. Um, getting into this whole thing. So, yeah, it's a whole different ballgame. Very interesting, though. Very interesting. Right. But let's talk about Katanji Brown Jackson. I, I love the segue because we're we are going to talk about some of these, I guess, not really relationship pieces, but I think these value pieces, right? That 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 you know, people are making this all these leaps and bounds when it comes to her her relationship and and her qualifications right. for being Supreme Court. But I guess let's talk about just the Senate confirmation hearings in general. I think that's the first time many like most people are not like they're not in tune with these types of hearings right the the general public for the most part they don't care like they're like oh we have a new supreme court justice okay right right but i mean kavanaugh had a lot of uh you know a lot of news around him because of all the sexual (laughs) assault absolutely and and, and that's the only time we do become interested when there's some scandal sexy stories scandal or something surrounded with them right so back in my day going back to when i was coming up when thomas you know clarence thomas's confirmation hearing mm-hmm. that was a big thing that we were all looking at because you had the whole anita um uh, uh, uh what's what's her name anita uh i don't remember her, last anita Hill. her book is right there in mm-hmm. front of me at the whole anita hill controversy and so people watched it then and so for all these years, nobody of any a normal schmegdala, like you would say, didn't watch confirmation hearings. And then we had the Kavanaugh hearings. So everybody was watching that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so now we have the Jackson hearing. Mm-hmm. And so watching that first black woman, you know, to be um, um, confirmed or at least have to go through the process of sitting on the highest court of the land. Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody's watching it. Um, watching it for me and, and for a lot of my colleagues as attorneys, as black female attorneys, it, we've, I felt it viscerally what she was going through. I mean, I don't know if I could have taken it and I've been an attorney quite some time, um, with all of her background and experience. It's not like this her first time at the rodeo. She was, she's come before the Senate at least two other times already mm-hmm. because she's on a high court already. Um, and then to have to go through this publicly and to have these men, basically, it just almost felt as if this was no different than being back in 1842. And, and having the slave master question you mm-hmm. about, you know, like that scene out of 12 Years a Slave when she comes back and that slave master is yelling at her as to why she was so late. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, she was like, because I went to get a piece of soap. Like it, it was horrible. And, and that was the feeling that she got sitting there watching her and watching these people do this to her. You know what I'm saying? It was like, far afield. I mean, and she'd been there two times before and she was never questioned about her cases, mm-hmm. but to make her seem like she was like some pedophile lover and, 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 and was just like, so into, to a uh, 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 race-based theory 
and 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 basically saying that you hate all white people and you want to be a judge because you want to have all black people be free was just like, oh, my God, we're, we're right. attorney. She's an attorney and she's a, a judge in the highest court so far um, for her love of court of appeals. I think mm-hmm. she is sitting on the federal bench. Um, and it's like, why? Why? Why did she have to go through that? Well, because she's black. Right. She's a black woman, unfortunately, which is sad. Right. Yeah. Which, and that's the saddest part of it, that we live in 2022. You know, I graduated from law school, became a, a prosecutor in, in 1995, 95. And at that time, my father thought everything was hunky dory. And it's 25, 30 years later, and we're still at the same place. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and unfortunately, still at the same place. I think we're going to be at this place for a little while longer. Like society has not caught up. I think when it comes to black women, especially, I mean, I don't remember who I was talking to the other day, but we have so many strikes already from the gate where a woman, so we got a strike there. We're black. There's another strike there. And then we're professional, right? So there's also another strike, right? I mean, at the end of the day, like it took me a while to learn my 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 stature in this life as a professional black woman. Like I'm not just a black woman, I'm a professional black woman. So they so the the hateration, you know, and all the, you know, like I get the microaggressions more so than maybe my yeah. friends who are not necessarily professional. They don't have to deal with some of the things that I have to right. deal with because there is this questioning of my ability at every second. At every level. You know? right. and the more Realization too that you didn't quite earn this equally, that mm-hmm. it was kind of given to you because of the fact that either you were black or you mm-hmm. were a woman, or whatever. And so there too, you have to constantly say, I earned it. Right. I took the bar exam like everybody else. I had to apply to the law schools like everybody else. They didn't just say, Oh, you can have a seat because you're black. Right. There wasn't a black bar exam in law school. (laughs) Huh? There wasn't a black bar exam. (laughs) Yeah, there's no black bar exam, right? With two questions. Right. What's your name? (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Wish that it was so, but no such thing. No such thing at all. And it's very hard. And it it kind of illustrated what we still go through Mm -hmm. every day, being questioned. Mm-hmm. Being in a room and, and you're with a group of people and you say, well, I think we should do such and such because according to da, 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 da nobody listens. And then a, a white person says it and they go, oh, my God, that was a great idea. This is terrific. You right. just really. And you're like, did I just say the same thing? Right. You know, so it's like your voice is not even heard, you know, and I it was curious watching her because. It seemed like at some point she just got so frustrated and tired mm-hmm. because she began with this energy. Like, thank you so much for that question. Oh, da, 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 ba, ba, ba. you know, like I'm talking to my colleagues. And by the second, third day, you could just see how exhausted she was. So she was like, tired. Keeping up that, keeping up that persona of a happy, I'm a happy black person. I'm a happy black judge and, you know, and whatever. And by the, she was it, it hit her for a loop because I don't think she's ever confronted that. No. And she never had to deal with that. I At don't least think she, not to this extent. No, not to that extent. And to know it was being done publicly. 
Right. I don't think she's ever had anybody question her because I think that she was able to get along. You know, she was able to pull out the Harvard degree. She was able to pull out, okay, I'm a judge now. Okay, I'm at this level now. I'm at that level now. I I clerked for judge, um, 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 a, a Supreme Court justice. You know, I did all of these things. And so she was able to get through like, oh, you couldn't be here if you didn't get to this level. And now suddenly to be questioned like she just got here to her was like the most frustrating thing. You know what I'm saying? That well, but- how do you get over that? I was going to say, even by individuals who do not possess law degrees. You know what I mean? It's one, it's one thing to be questioned by your peers. And when we say right. peers, meaning those who have also traversed the same trails that you have gone through, but to be questioned by mediocre white men who have no idea the struggles, who, who did not sit in the same classes, who did not sit for the same exams, right. who didn't, who are not presently sitting, you know, uh, federal court judges who have no real idea of the real bounds of the law. Right. To be questioned right. by these individuals, you know? Right, right. And and understanding what it is to be in the position where you're presented with this and you have to make a judgment. Right. You know, like every day you have to split the baby. Mm-hmm day. It's not like, oh, just the one time when David had to split the baby. You're splitting the baby every single day on every single case. And you want to make sure it's right. right. And and you, you get certain limitations where you can't go so far this way and so far that way. But you have to stay within the four corners of the law. Mm-hmm. And to have to question you as if like you made up law. Right. I can't make up law. You know what I'm saying? Nobody talked about, well, how many of your cases were appealed and were reversed? Nobody talked about that. You know what I'm saying? I and and I didn't look up the percentages, but I don't think she's had any of her cases reversed because they would have certainly said, and then they reverse you on this and on that. Nothing. But again, it's the questioning from individuals who are not even well versed in the law, who have who do not know what it like, what the process even really entails, aside from maybe whatever, you know, whatever brief you might have read, you know for this for this question for this hearing right i mean if right we're, if we're right honest about it a lot of the senators a lot of these politicians are not really really well entrenched in the law which is why they hire outside counsel they hire others to help right, right. exactly or they have clerks mm-hmm. read, read this tell me how many cases she's done what were the themes of the cases and somebody writes you a little blurb like oh she did a case on child pornography she did a case on abortion rights. She did this case and that case and whatever. And then to question the fact that she was a a, a defense attorney. She was like a legal aide, a legal defense attorney, as if like, how could you choose that? Like somebody has to defend people. Right. As an individual. She chose to take that path. Right. And now it's going to be a strike against her. Like, how dare you? you? You were letting people go as if she was letting people go. We have a country that says you're guilty till proven innocent, right? Well, it just goes to show what people, again, know of the law and think of the law, right? Because that's a, that's like the foundation, like so one of the, uh, the foundational principles, right? Is that it's one of the amendments. <laughs> you, know? you have a right to counsel. That's the first thing they tell you. Yeah. You know, when they're your Miranda rights, you have a right to counsel. 
And so she chose to do that. Not everybody's going to be a prosecutor. Not everybody's going to work for the Justice Department. Not everybody's going to be a state's attorney. Somebody has to be a defense attorney. And then now you're going to, you know, bash me because I was a defense attorney. Right. Because there are people who are innocent, you know. Right, <laughs> right, right. But the fact that she always, she, she had to constantly pull out her pedigree. I had parents who were, you know, who were discriminated against. I had parents who struggled. I had constantly, I have a brother who's a police officer to kind of pull her up, you know, to the scrutiny. She had to constantly have that pedigree, which was just so not fair. Kavanaugh didn't have to do that. Right. He didn't have to pull out his pedigree and say, well, I went to prep school and I was, went to summer camp and he never had to do that. And I think that that's something that unfortunately, you know, what we witnessed is what black women face every single day in their jobs is that we are like we have to know our resumes like the back of our hand. And and it's like it's not that we're it's not like we're trying to one up people. We're not trying to be arrogant. But when you treat me as if I did not do all this legal training and that I am not this phenomenal, you know, attorney. I have to then remind you like what I did, where I came from and who I am. But it's, it's very, it's very exhausting. Like when I was watching her, I'm like, Oh, I would never be, I would have rolled my eyes at least 15 times during this Senate confirmation hearing. I'm shocked and appalled. And I, and I felt like she wanted to express the shocked and appalled, but I think she also knew the arena that she was in. And even though like what a white man could get away with, which could have been like talking back, slamming his hand. She knew that even the slight, you know, rolling of her eye would have definitely gotten her like scrutiny. Well, Kavanaugh got away with it. That's exactly what he did. That's exactly what he did. He was able to get away with it. Right. And she could never do that. She could. And and, and that's the thing with, with us as people, as, as people, women of color in that niveau, of, of being professional, being attorneys, we can't get away with it. We have to constantly swallow it and, and just have a gentle way of saying, well, I do know what I'm talking about. This is what has to be done. This is the way we're supposed to do it. And that sort of thing. We're constantly, and that's, that's the exhausting part is because we constantly have to think. We have to think like three steps ahead. We have right. to think three steps ahead. And we can see when the missile is coming at us. We can hear it whistling towards us and we're just trying to figure out how can we dodge this missile? And it's happening for us every single day. We just had an opportunity for three days to watch it happen to another woman of color and say, oh my God, oh my God, I don't know if I could manage it. You know what I'm saying? I have no idea if, if I could manage what she had to manage. But it didn't hurt to have a Mr. Jackson to lean on. Listen, she had a husband. She had a Mr. Jackson. She had a husband. Listen, listen. I wasn't mad at her. I was not mad at her, Mr. Jackson. And and speaking speaking of that, right? (laughs) Speaking of that, as we're segueing, right? We're we're very good with the segues here. Uh, Black Twitter and them. Um, like, you know, <laughs> black Twitter and them 
have been, you know, and then there's always an end them have been going back and forth with this uh, topic. Right. And it's funny, even before black Twitter was on it, you know, the, the side, I guess the pre Twitter groups, right. The WhatsApp groups, (laughs) the, the DMS were also having this conversation because Prior to Black Twitter, many of my DMs groups, like my, you know, WhatsApp groups were talking about this particular topic. So many from the Black Twitter um, are, are saying, listen, it seems like the only Black women that are being empowered are Black women that are attached to whiteness, i.e. married to white men. And they've cited Kamala Harris. Uh, I forgot what her husband's name is. Something I think of the German. Mr. Emhoff. Mr. Emhoff. Yeah. The first gentleman, Mr. Emhoff. First gentleman, Emhoff. Yes. And then (laughs) they are talking about uh, Kentanji Brown Jackson, who is married to a white man. Right. And so they're they're looking at this trend and particularly with uh, Kentanji, Many have been following even before like these actual confirmation hearings, but the process and they were like, there were several other black women who were equally, if not more in their opinion, qualified, but they were not married to white men. And then, you know, again, we go back to Kamala Harris, you know, and we looked at the different candidates, the different options that were available and you know, the one that was selected was the one that was married to the white man. So it leads one to believe, and it's not even just with those two positions, but people have dissected other positions within government, especially. And they're like, there seems to be this like correlation between white, you know, you know, black women who marry white men tending to be the ones who are empowered and elevated and selected. And those women who, you know, decided to go the black love route, I guess, and are married to black men or, or, or Latinos or, you know, people of color, unfortunately are not given the same type of like empowerment and elevation. And so there is a question out there in these streets, you know, are the only women being empowered are the ones who are married to white men? I mean, what do you say? So, so I take, I take, I take, um, I don't want to make it sound as strong as Umbridge, but I would I for a different narrative. I I would say not so much empowered okay. because I think these women were empowered already just in wanting to have the aspiration to reach that level. You know, mm-hmm. with she she went from you know lost she, look she's she failed the bar exam. Mm-hmm. You know, she passed it the first time she failed it, but she went on to district attorney you know, from there, moving on to attorney general and, and being in that milieu to the point where she could be chosen, she could be one of the choices for vice president. Um, same with Katanji. Katanji was already on her route doing her thing already and had a focus on where she wanted to go. In, in both of those instances, they met these people when they were already on their way. Mm. What I will say is that they received support in encouraging them to move forward that I think in some instances, as we see in, in, in our circle every day, we don't see that kind of support coming from 
men of color, but they're there. It's there. And it's not every woman who moves up and happens to have had a, a, a partner or a husband who was white, who's successful, or that the marriage is successful. But I think we always have to keep in mind that they were already on their way already. And it wasn't th- those people because I, I see how we could all look at it. And even myself, because I didn't know that her husband was was white until she introduced him that first day of the hearing. And maybe it's wrong of me because the, the word, the name Jackson, I just uh, automatically I mean, I thought, thought it was a brother, a person of color. Mm-hmm. Oh, so when she introduced him, uh, that's her husband, her, her children's father. I was like, oh, she's married to a white person. Wow. Right. But then, you know, because of the fact that, you know, here she is going for the highest point of the land, first black person. And then we happen to Kamala, same thing, married to a white person, going for vice presidency. So there's a tendency to think, oh, wow, it's because of this situation that pushed them up to that level. And you have to constantly remind yourself, it's no guarantee. Look, it's no guarantee. They just happen to look out, and it's only two people that we're looking at, really. Right. I, unless you put, give me fifty women, and you 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 give me fifty other women, and and make the comparison, and you'll say who's more successful than the other. Um, I think it's hard for us to say. I mean, I I definitely think Black Twitter will produce the report because I think that <laughs> I think that they're investigating. We'll wait for Black Twitter's Twitter. We will wait for Black Twitter's report. We will wait for Black Twitter's in-depth report. analysis. Yes, because I'm pretty sure they're pulling receipts from all four corners. You know what I mean? So I'm waiting. I'm waiting for their report. But I I agree with that. But I think you know the interesting thing that comes to mind for me is I find that a lot of times where you find black women who are this ambitious, right? That are moving forward in these arenas and, and, and have this, like have these goals. Unfortunately, a lot of times um, I don't find that the men of color are either able or willing to really, you know, be on that same road, which is why you find a lot of these types of women in particular being I don't want to say being forced, but they, they end up marrying outside of their particular race. Not to just, not to just say white people, a white person. Right, be, right, uh, right. You know, somebody right, who's right. You yeah, know, yeah. Asian. And, and I agree with you there. And whatnot. I will, I will agree with you there, yeah. Right. So I find that, so, so to me, I I can't say that I'm a hundred percent shocked looking at the caliber of these women and, 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 and where they are trying, where they are now and where they're trying to go. A lot of times you find that, you know, right now, we before we started this conversation on Kantanji, we were talking about how hard it is for professional black women to even get into the dating world. Right. As professional black women who have multiple degrees, who are probably some of the most intelligent human beings people will ever meet in their lives, we are having issues like as a collective. So it's not like, oh, well, maybe she's just too picky or maybe she's just like, there's too many of us. No, 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 no. That, right? that narrative is, is that narrative is correct. Right? Issues. It's so, and, and many, you know? and the solution that I've been given and many of my friends have been given, cause I had like a talk with them the other day was, you know, what have you considered dating outside of your race? If right. You, if you can't find an individual who's who can meet you where you're at or who can support you like like actually 
have you considered dating outside your race? I have two of my cousins who are killing it in the game in their respective areas. <laughs> they are they are dating white men. And and right, when I spoke right, to them, they're right. like, well, we tried. We tried dating black men. Like, right, but, but they're right, not right, able right. to like, we're professional and we're ambitious and we're not fight. Like they're not, they're not available. Before is that for many of us who've attained this, it's because we kept our heads down and we kept our heads in the book and our family said, you know, focus on this and focus on nothing else. And so we weren't looking for husbands in colleges, right. you know, of us did. And some of us didn't. And we just assume that when we get to that level, we'll meet the people. Mm-hmm. Well, the level that we've gotten into, the circle is very small. And very. the people that are meeting is, is white men, right? For the most part, mm-hmm. that's who you're meeting. And that's who's looking at you and saying, oh, you went to so-and-so. You, you're a lawyer. Oh, and not afraid of it. Why? Because auntie, grandma, uncle, they, they've been in that circle. Right. And scare them they know nothing's gonna happen you know whereas for us unfortunately for our men it's kind of daunting like how do I just what am I supposed to do like you know and whatever and 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 a lot of us too also came from this you know I could cook up bacon I could do whatever because I'm I'm this kind of woman that's it's a little too much Mm -hmm. for our men you know because we come culture of you know you're subservient and you you our, our helpmate and you're working for him and you're helping him and whatever, not a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing at all, but it's learning how to balance that. Right. Right. Question is what gives, because we're in 2022 now and this conversation of like, okay, well, the men might not quite understand have been going on for quite some time now. And with the world of social media and Google at your fingertips, it's like, you know, there's no, like, this is a surprise or whatever, you know, with my friends who have been successful, um, who have dated men who may not necessarily be exactly on the same level. Like they're not attorneys, but they were able to do the work. They're like, they recognize it's not a smooth sailing relationship, but there's still an acknowledgement because these men are not stupid. They're intelligent men to, you know, they may not have gotten all these degrees, but they're still intelligent. When you want something, you're going to figure it out. Right. And so that's where the question comes in. It's like, okay, How long are we going to still have the same conversation about the system, system, system? You know, yes, we understand the system is there. And for some people, it still is still is a, you know, a foot on their neck. Right. But there are many men who they it's like they can't figure it out. They might choose not to. I'll give you this to think about. You go out with a black man, you're going out with him. And what's one of the questions he will always ask us is, can you cook? White men don't ask that question. Yeah. Ask that question. Can you cook a black man? Well, I have, I have nearly gone out with a black man who hasn't asked me, can you cook? But it's just so weird that that's a question that black men will always ask us. Can you cook? Can she cook? You know, whereas white men, I've gone out with white men. They don't ask me if I could cook, you know? And, and so you think about that. You, you think about that. Is, is that, that's the difference. So right there, you start to see the difference mm. in the dynamics of the relationship and what's expected of you. I have a couple of my, my friends who unfortunately do not cook, but they were still able to find black men to marry them. <laughs> look, look, and I bet you those black men could cook. They do. They, they, I mean, I've, I've benefited. I've benefited from there the cooking. Go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Either the black man can cook already 
or they will tell you, ask you, can you cook? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll ask you that. It's so fascinating. And the, and the conversation about, is it, is it better to be involved with somebody, a, a white man, as opposed to a black man, I think it's going to be the end all conversation that we're always going to have. And there's going to be no answer to it because right. at the end, there really is no answer to it. Yeah. I, I mean, for me at this point, you know, all, this has been something that has been shoved down my throat from everybody. Like, have you read that? Cause I've, I've never dated a white man before. Um, and I don't have any intentions to, because that's just not my, you know, it's not my thing. You know, I like, I like what I like. I like somebody who's already cultured, you know, who's already like, kind of, you know, like has my, my same lived experience because that's just what I personally, you know, that's what I personally like. Like, that's just my thing. right? Right. I'm not saying I would never be open, but at least if you're asking me what my desire is, that's not my desire. Right. But I love love. So if that's what you love, that's what you love. I think everybody has their right to choose what they want. But I will say that though, this is definitely this uh, after, you know, Kamala and now Katanji, this has now become like the talk of the town where it's like, is connection to whiteness the ticket? Like, if I want to make it, do I got to go yeah. find myself a white man? Um, and I don't know if that's the way people should be looking at it, but apparently I, that's... I don't think they should. I don't yeah. think they should. Because that's just two women. We're looking at two women mm. compared to how many millions of women there are in the world. We're waiting for the Black Twitter report because... <laughs> That's right. We're going to wait for Black Twitter. They might they might find a couple more women. You know, they might find a couple more. They might. They might. They might. I mean, you you and I both know the the relationships that work and the relationships that don't. And the mix of the couples are very different. Yeah. They're very different, different mixes. Right. You know, women who've gone out with white men and it hasn't worked. Right. And gotten divorced. That's, yeah. that's just there's no guarantee it's, there's definitely it's no, no guarantee. guarantee but you know tv kind of magnifies things oh, of us, course right? and i think that that's what it is it's the tv just magnify it because they made this big deal about mr emhoff you know and that now they make this big deal about mr jackson mr. jackson <laughs> hello you know but they've been married 25 years and they met in college right they met during college so it wasn't like she just met him yesterday you yeah. know so it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's what you have to think about, you know, but I just think certainly, you know, we can't, we constantly want to support our men of color mm-hmm. um, because they really told the line for us in yeah. a lot of cases. They yeah. told the line, they do what they have to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, unfortunately there might be circumstances where we have to kind of look at them side eye like, sir, <laughs> you got other than that, you know, we run into the whole issue of Will Smith and Chris Rock. <laughs> what do we do about that? <laughs> right. I mean, I, Oh Jesus. You know, I went to church, right. And I'm thinking, you know, this is the one place that I will not be confronted with the ills of the world. Right. I'm here to hear, you know, the word of God. I'm thinking, you know, I've been looking at Will Smith, Chris Rock all week. I'm going to be safe. And the first thing the pastor opens his mouth, he's like the slap heard around the world. 
<laughs> he was like 57 year old Chris Julius Rock was slapped by 53 year old. Well, I was like, OMG, I am not safe from this Will Smith, uh, Chris Rock debacle. But yeah, I mean, when I watched it, I I didn't I don't really watch award shows because I'm like, whatever. But, you know, you don't need to because social media has everything on the play by play. So when I saw exactly, it on social media, exactly. I thought it was a skit. I didn't think it was real until I was like, oh, I think this thing is real. <laughs> and then I was like, I didn't even know Chris Rock was 57 years old. I was like, wow, what a detail. Yeah, I didn't know he was that old. Me neither. I was like, this is crazy. But I'm like, wow. wow. But I got all the tea in church in church. I got all the tea in church. I got I got Jada, 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 Corinne, Pinkett Smith. Like I got everything. And I was just like, wow, even the church has something to say about the slap heard around the world. The sad part is I don't remember what the actual sermon was about outside of that. Like <laughs> it overshadowed the sermon. I'm like, what, what were you trying to talk about, Pastor? Because I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Oh, my God. I'm I'm an award show girl. I love awards. So I was watching from the red carpet. It's It's been my thing since I was little. And, you know, at, at one point I was flipping back and forth because I was watching Bridgerton. Mm, girl, let's watch that. I, I, was, I, I am watching. I finished it, actually. I'm watching it. Again. Yeah, I finished it that night, but I was binging Bridgerton. So I was going back and forth and um, I got it as Will Smith was walking. I didn't know what happened before. I got it as Will Smith was walking up to Chris Rock and he said, oh, oh he, he's coming, you know, but. I'm just like you. I'm thinking it's a skit. Like right. it's something to make us laugh. And then when, even when he hit him, I thought it was like a Hollywood hit, you know, like you, you make believe you slap in the person. Right. Like it was WWE. <laughs> right. Right. I think it was like a Hollywood thing. Mm-hmm. And so when, when, when Chris Rock said, oh, I just got this shit slapped out of me. And then they stopped it. And then all of a sudden, my phone started to ding, 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 zing, zing. And then I looked at the phone and I saw what happened before. I was like, oh, my wow. God, this is some real stuff. And, and I have to say, I was embarrassed. I was like, oh, my God. The, you know, two years ago, we were arguing about diversity and lack of things for people of color. And here it is. Well, here we, we brought have- the hood. We brought the hood to uh, Oscars. Oh that was the Source Awards. <laughs> that, that was the diversity. That was the diversity. A BET award thing. You know, like, yeah. and it was Will Smith. It, went, it, was, it Will was Will Smith. Smith. We've never seen him look like he would hurt a fly. You know right. what I'm saying? And and to do that. And so it was like, gosh, we have to live this down now. We have to somehow find a way to explain what this means. Well, it's the explanations that are driving me crazy. Like there's, and it's funny because the one thing my pastor did say earlier today was that, you know, social media, (laughs) listen, is analyzing everything like angles. Like you have people who are now, you know, forensic science, science, scientists, you have people who are investigators, you have people who are like psychoanalytics, you know, really like looking at the angles, the circumference, the peripheral, like of where the slap took place. But it's the explanations that I think that have been driving me wild, because as we were talking about black men, black women, relationships, love, protection, all this other stuff, this concept of protecting black women has now resurfaced with respect to the slap heard around the world and people who are defending 
Will Smith are saying, well, he was just protecting his woman. Y'all out here talking about protect black women. Here we have a man protecting black women and y'all, y'all got something to say. I'm like, well, protecting black women is stop cheating on your black women. Protecting black <laughs> women is get a job and, you know, and, and contribute to the household. Protecting I'm black having kids all over the place. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, like protecting black women is not just get your hands up and let's let's duke it out. Like protecting black women is also speaking out against injustices like how Cory Booker did for, right. uh, you know, for right. Katanji. Uh, right. You know right. what I mean? Like protecting yeah. black women exactly. is not go get go get, you know, your your fists and go get your baseball bat and your gun. Like that's not what protection a hundred percent, you know, embodies, but this is what some of the explanations are that he was tired of everybody talking about, you know, uh, Jada. And I'm like, I they went deep. They went deep. They, they went, went very they deep. Went as deep as the fact that, Oh, he watched his mother being abused by his father and he didn't do anything. And so this is what's coming out now. And this is the reason why he felt like he needed to do something. Yes. It was kind of weird because he was laughing initially. Right. Chris made that joke. And Jada did this thing with her eyes and her head. She rolled mm-hmm. her whatever. And he saw that. And supposedly, well, that was a trigger to get him to get up and do it. There's just, you know, like you would say, there's just so much to unpack with this because it just impacted us in so many ways. First of all, in our community, we don't usually handle things publicly like that. Right. Take them outside. You know, we would have waited. I, I'll meet you outside and we won't mm-hmm. settle it. You know what I'm saying? We wouldn't do it to, in such a public arena where millions of people are watching and, and looking at us and how we comport ourselves and how we behave ourselves. I mean, we had a president who was in office for eight years and never showed his bare skin right. until he was out of office. That's how much we were like protecting our image and mm-hmm. of how people looked at us. And so for this night where everybody's watching for you to just lose it like that, just didn't make any sense to us. Especially when Jada was messing around with August all this time. I mean, <laughs> did Will go and, and confront August with a fist? Like, I, I'm just confused. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. And, and, and they did what I thought was the, a healthy thing to do. They talked about it. I don't know if, how much it helped them, but at least they talked it out in the open and, mm-hmm. and they talked about it. They may not have, you know, shared exactly how it should have been shared, but at least they knew to do that. So why couldn't that same thing be done with, with Chris Rock? But the, the other thing is he's a comedian. That's what he does. That's they what they jokes. do. These award shows. I mean, Dave Chappelle. I mean, the, the oh things God, that this that's man what they has do said. These award yeah. shows. This is they, they they go after people. You know what I'm saying? And so, I don't know if it if it, if it needed to go to that level. Like I said, he was laughing. He was. He was. If he wasn't laughing, that would have been something. But he, the fact that he was laughing at the joke, he was laughing too. He was behind too until this thing happened. Until she gave and him the side eye, right? <laughs> Jada gave him a quick jet. It would have been a hard time at night. That would have been like, damn, I have to go home in that car. You know, let me do something right now. Let me just clean it up right now and deal with it right now. I don't that know. That was just not the way <laughs> it, to do you it. You found yourself again as a person of color stuck in the middle, right? Because it's like, 
I, should he bear the brunt of all of our collective reputations or our collective narrative that, you know, people of color still can't be given certain things because this is how it's going to end up? I have no idea. I mean, he's human, right? At the end of the day, like he is human, like all of us. But I think that there's a level of decorum that I think he is very well aware of. Like he has been in these arenas for quite some time now. So he's absolutely. no, he's not new absolutely. to this at all, you know? Absolutely. And I think absolutely. that's why people are also shocked because they're like, wait, this is what you, you said, Will, not 50? Like, because <laughs> people will expect maybe this from certain, but even 50 Cent. You know, being as, you know, Jamaica Southside, whatever he is, I still do not see him putting the paws on anybody at an awards show. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, you know. But at the end of the day, I think that what, you know, what happened happened. We're all human. I don't think that it should have happened. I don't think that people should not be out here condoning and and supporting uh, and defending Will Smith on the violent acts. I think that again, he's human. He's human. It happened, but there are people really are like who are out here going to bat talking about, you know, Will Smith was just doing what he needed to do as a man for his family. And I'm like, I really don't. And, and this is, this is the divide that we find ourselves yeah. in, right? The polarization. The divide that we find ourselves in like, yeah, he's supposed to go out there and do, 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 do whatever. But at the end of the day, this is the world that we live in. Will Smith was absolutely amazing. And King Richard, right, absolutely amazing. Yeah. Totally deserve that award. Totally, totally. And yet, are you going to say this? This what three minute thing can avoid all of that? Right. You hope not. You hope not. And like you said, we can't condemn him. He he made a mistake. Right. He made a mistake. We can't condemn him, but we also can't defend him. In my opinion. We, we have to accept what it was and what right, happened. Right. That's what we have to do. It, 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 it's what it was and it what's happened. It doesn't represent all of us. All of us are highly, um, a con, you know, highly offended by this thing happening. But we, we move on. Right. We move on. And then there's the Chris Rock aspect of it, right? Because, I mean, what has happened now as a result of the slap heard around the world, we got mug shots that are being... <laughs> Pulled out. I mean, Will Smith's mugshot from 1989 resurfaced. I didn't even know he had a mugshot. Listen, I didn't even know he had a mugshot. His, his mugshot resurfaced from 1989. Chris Rock's, you know, old interviews with Howard Stern about how he was bullied and sexually assaulted um, when he was going to these predominantly white schools have resurfaced. So it's like everybody is pulling out the history to kind of like, you know, I, I don't know, beef up each, each. It's engendering that narrative again. It's again, engendering that narrative. And it's like, we can't get away from it. We can't escape it. Right. We're stuck with it, you know? And it just is an illustration that we're stuck with this narrative mm -hmm. and how do you change it? You know, I mean, if, if it was Jim Carrey who was sitting there and, and another person was, I mean, we've seen it. Ricky Gervais, when he gets up there, he tear he tore these people up. He didn't give anybody a break. No. Nope. And one person got up to say anything to him or, or did anything or whatever. So well, people ask the question, you know, if it was a white man that made the joke about Jada, would Will have went up and slapped that 
white man if it was dave Chappelle, even like so it's kind of like what about chris rock made you feel comfortable to go up there to do that and some people are wondering if it's because of the vulnerabilities that chris rock has shared in the past as being somebody who's a victim but i'm like but then i'm like that's that's that, that's where the psychoanalyst comes in yeah. That may be the case, but I'm just like to sit back and off of just this scenario, do this whole like deep dive psychoanalytics. I'm like, th- that is a bit too much. <laughs> we, that is a bit it's too much. It's a lot. It's it's a lot. And, and, and at the end of the day, again, like I said, it's something that occurred that we're just going to have to accept and yeah. move on. And move on. You we're know, making, I'm it's pretty too much. sure each of them are in their own circle are dealing with the situation as it is that each of them are dealing with it. Right. Chris is dealing with it. Did he look like a punk? You know, that this guy just did this to him and right. And, and, and of course, Will Smith, his sugary, you know, shiny persona as being the happy black man in Hollywood is now shattered Mm -hmm. because now just as bad as, as 50 50 other rappers out there, you know, you went from being a, a movie star to now you're the black rapper. Now he's a, not, now he's a rapper. He's a rapper now. He's earned now his you're title. a rapper. Now you're a rapper. <laughs> you spent all these years. Now he's a thug. That persona, and now you're back to being a rapper. <laughs> he's he's a thug. He's thugnificent. He's thugnificent. He's a thug. <laughs> He's now he's a thug. Although I would have appreciated more of a punch than a slap, though, because I feel like the slap is even more disrespectful than a punch. Because now you slapping well, me I like you a. This pimp. is why you thought this. I, this is why you thought it was a. It was put up. It was. It was a play acting because it was a slap. Like like him. Like he's a pimp. Because but do black men slap black men? I mean, pimp. And you can get pimp slapped. You can get pimp slapped. But I thought pimping was a thing of I don't know. Are we still pimping? Are we still pimps happening in twenty twenty two? Pimp slap people. I mean, is pimping still a thing? There's no pimps anymore. I don't. I mean, I thought I thought COVID kind of cleared out the streets, but maybe not. I don't know. I mean, I guess they have to survive, right? I mean, that is that this is an ancient form of 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 work, right? It's an ancient industry that is still around pimpery. So. <laughs> I don't know. Does it still exist? I, 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 I feel they're like they're using was, the business model now. I think the business model is being used. I don't know because I feel like I saw. Exists. I feel like I saw a, a, a pimp situation earlier today. Go, coming home from church, so really? they're not wearing the hats anymore in the in the furs. But you know, they maybe I don't know. They're not. Is it a? They're not wearing a Nietzsche anymore. Nietzsche is a brand of the past. But I think I think they're wearing. You don't know what they're wearing. Situation going on. I think that's. I think that's still. So I feel like maybe that's what was happening. I mean, I don't know, but that's that's why I feel it was more disrespectful. I feel like Will pimp slapped him, as opposed to I would have preferred a punch. Do you think? Do you think now? You now 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 we're going to go back to the psychoanalytics. Mm -hmm. Do you think that Will Smith was conscious enough to say, "I better not punch him, but if I slap him, it won't be as bad." You talking about an illegal front? I mean, assault, assault. Yeah, yeah. I mean, assault is assault. It, it, you, but, but, I maybe in the back of his head, I don't really want to hurt Chris Rock. That, but that, that could be it. That Jada be got it. Jada's looking kind of not happy with him. Yeah. I don't really 
Because the fact of that, the fact that he slapped him instead of punching him. Right. He might, he probably didn't want to break a man his nose. A, a man would have punched another man. But the fact that he's, since when do black men slap up a I black man? I don't know. Man? I don't know. I, so I think that that he walked up there saying, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. I'm going to have to do something. I'm going to have to. But I don't want to punch him. I don't want to knock him out and make him fall to the ground like he's unconscious. So maybe I should just slap him. Maybe the eggshell theory, the eggshell, huh? the, the, the legal theory, the eggshell, the eggshell. <laughs> Where he's like, if I punch him and I didn't know he had some pre-existing condition and he dies, am I not liable? Is it manslaughter? Like, what is this? I, I think that thought process had to go through his head because from where he had to walk, he had to be thinking, what, is it? what am I going to do? What am I going to do? They haven't even got to my category yet. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? We're going to the mens rea. Mens right. And was not to hurt him. Right. To at least make it look like I'm defending Jada. I don't, I mean, I don't know, but he might, I don't, I don't think he knew she had alopecia either, but at the time he made That's what they say. He didn't know that she had alopecia. He didn't know that she had alopecia. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like he was saying, good thing you lost your hair or whatever. G.I. Jane was a movie. And G.I. Jane had a buzz cut. And she had a buzz cut and she was a tough military person. And Jada comes off as tough. Right. But she looked really good and he didn't insult her. You know what I'm saying? Will told him to keep his wife's name out of his mother effing mouth. That should have been enough for him to just sit back and go, I told you, don't do it again. Right. And that would that. He should have like just that yelled thing it that out. pushed him off the chair. To make that walk, I have to count and see how many seconds that walk took. To go I mean, up. I think it's honestly, I mean, again, we're all psychoanalyzing here. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, those of us who are in tune with the, you know, the social medias and the social, you the know, Twitter, stuff, the Twitter, the Twitters, the Twitters, the Twitters. <laughs> black Twitter, especially we know that, you know, Will and Will and Jada's marriage has been quite the controversy over the years in which they even suggested that they had an open marriage. So they're just like, right, right. So they're like, like what is happening now? Will that you felt you need to defend an honor because you're not even together. Like you're not even really together like that. So what, like what exactly is happening here? Like, is there a book coming out? Like what is red table talk, (laughs) not having enough views. What is happening here? Like, what is what is the real deal? Because y'all not even y'all don't apparently don't even live in the same house. Apparently, allegedly. I don't know. Really? They don't live together. That's what I hear. That's what the streets are saying, girl. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But so people are even shocked. Like, were you this angry with with August? Like, (laughs) I don't really quite even know the whole August story because I didn't follow it. I'm only knowing more pieces of it now that because people are talking about well, the argument. That was her that was her little boo thing. You know, they were, you know. That she was very unhappy with Will and, and all this other stuff that was going on. And right. so she was was and this was one of her kids' her son's friends. friends. Yes, yes. Right. Was one of the son's friends, and she just kind of got into it. You, I, I think that it was a project for her, you know. That I mean it could have been turned into something more like they like to call the entanglement entanglement and but here's the other thing levon cox 
um, made a comment with, so it was another award show that was happening. Will and Jada were together. Laverne or Laverne, Laverne, I think. Cox. Laverne, Laverne Cox. Laverne. Yes. Yes. She yes. made that and comment I missed about it. I was watching the show and I missed when she asked him the question about the entanglement. And yes. And then yes. I don't know. Will didn't, you know, try to pimp slap. Yeah. La- but I think, and I think, I think Jada kind of, you know, rolled her eyes about that too. And, right. and was like, people are going to pay attention to that. You but know, nobody just... yanked her wig off. <laughs> he slapped Laverne. He didn't pimp slap Laverne. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't pull, he didn't tug at her wig a little bit, you know, a shift. She didn't, he didn't try to shift her wig. <laughs> he's like i can let you know that was what was it is it it wasn't the, it wasn't the um, it wasn't the golden globes the sag awards the yes. sag awards he's like I the can't, SAG awards. he's like i can't put i might not be able to put the paws on her but i could <laughs> but maybe i could shift the wig a little bit he didn't try I to shift pull the, wig. the wig but that would have been left to jada to pull the wig jada would have had to pull the but wig. i mean but oh, jada man. just seems she seems like she's just rolling her eyes at wig. everything Jada's just rolling her eyes at everything. I mean, to me, I think she's kind of like, yeah, I think she's kind of like, oh my God, we're not even going to pay attention to you in that conversation. But I mean, <laughs> for me, the entanglement conversation in the presence of my man, man, that's, that is enough for somebody. I think to, it rises. My wife's name out your mouth. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's to me, that's more in her egregious. entanglement situation. Because right. <laughs> you're throwing the infidelity in our face here. We're at the SAG award. Why are you talking about the infidelity? Chris Rock was just making an observation on the on the woman's hair or lack thereof. Uh, I, you know, it's at, at the end of the day, it's kind of sad. It definitely it is because this is the point of conversation now, right? Nobody's paying attention to anything else. But the I mean, what's that- happening in the Ukraine and the Africans that are still there? You know what I Hello, mean? Hello, that that they're putting in prison, right? <laughs> them what's happening uh, with uh what else talking is happening about there? the guns that like the bronx didn't they recover like god knows how many guns in the bronx the other day yeah like, well this poor young kid that got killed two days the 12 ago, year old right, right? community right yeah 12 years old you know caught in the crossfire sitting in a car with his aunt and his sister eating right i mean you know what do we say about gun violence in right. our community right what do so- we so there's i mean although we're we're all uh you know enthralled and involved and engaged and you know the slap heard around the world but at the end of the day it's like a distraction still right because we have so many real issues i mean these people they got money they're gonna be they're gonna deal with it i'm not crying for neither one of them right i'm not neither one of them chris rock's uh, uh recent um stand-up comedy act he's on his world tour the tickets were going for 46 dollars after the, the slap heard around the world the tickets went up to 700 dollars see crying for chris rock I'm not no. crying for chris rock. i mean he has a therapist you know to unpack these things, hello right? you know what hello, i mean hello. meanwhile not, we're not gonna make them a project let's right. just put it that way. but the community make them a project there's so many other projects worthy projects for us to be dealing with right then make them a project right know? Um, but this conversation, you know, could go on forever and ever and ever. It definitely can. It definitely you know, can. just, you know, and we and we should do a conversation again about the plight of the black woman looking for the black man. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Lord. It, it merits at least a whole episode just talking about that. 
Well, yeah, no, we definitely have to talk about it. What situation is like. Because the struggle is real. <laughs> the struggle is real. The struggle, the struggle is real. The struggle and the juggle. The struggle and the juggle The struggle and the juggle is real. And even when you do date these men, you walk away going, just shaking your head. You're just shaking your head. Like, why did like, I waste my time? I don't understand. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. But Rodney, this was definitely an amazing conversation. Thank you so much. It was. It's always it a good was. time with you. It's always a good time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's same with you too. You know, I I just adore spending time <laughs> just laughing with you and just whatever, all the shenanigans, all the shenanigans, shenanigans. The shenanigans. <laughs> that we get into. But this was really nice. Thank you so much for inviting me and um, us spending this time and just having a dialogue. Right, right. It says, come and let us sit and reason together. So it was yes. nice to be able to do that and just exchange ideas. And I'm happy to come back again. Oh, no. We other to, topics. We need to have you come back and let's talk about the crisis. The crisis meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I somehow feel like when you say, let's talk about the crisis, there should be tension music. There needs to be tension music. The crisis. Talking about the crisis. <laughs> I mean, it's a crisis. It's a crisis. It's a- it's a crisis, you know. It's a crisis. It's a crisis, and oh, you know, it's sad because when I meet, you know, I'm 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 much older than some of you young gals out there. But when I meet you gals, and and I, and many of you guys, I do know, you know, intimately, and I know how sweet and how kind you are, and and how you're even willing to admit your your weaknesses and right. whatever. And can't imagine why nobody would think that you would be worthy enough to put on a pedestal and say, this is the person, this is my person, right? This is my person. And you just can't imagine like, so what kind of people are out there? Like, what are they looking for? I don't know. Figure it out. Yeah. So it's a little confusing. It's a little confusing, but thank you so much. It was my absolute pleasure to be here and to talk to you. Um, a listening audience. Yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen. We'll certainly do it again. <laughs> yes, I will definitely. I will certainly be able to do it again. Absolutely. Oh, we are definitely gonna bring you on, girl. We are gonna have a platform talk. Thank you so much, Rodney, and everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of According to RP powered by Black Ivy Media on WJMS Media. It's your girl Rita Pierre, your host. And as always, I will talk to you guys next week. You were listening to According to RP on WJMS Radio. About time you tuned in. Tune in each and every Sunday. Can't wait to come back. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's all on.